Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of What's Next with Veronica. I'm riding solo today. Kareen is out. But if you don't know who I am, I am Veronica. I'm hosting the show. This is episode two and we have a very long season ahead of us, so I can't wait to get started. But today we have Ariel Massingale, former University of Tennessee women's basketball star, turned assistant coach at Limscombe University. This is our first coach. And I don't know how many more we'll have, but I'm excited to talk to her because, you know, most of our guests or all of our guests are in the sports and entertainment history, but they have such more behind the scenes look. And so this one, she is very hands on being an assistant coach. She's probably still playing, so I can't wait to see if she still is, but excited to talk to her about her journey, what message she wants to share to her players and what she learned from being at her journey from being at the University of Tennessee and then also playing overseas and transferring and I don't want to give too much away but we're gonna have Ariel on in a second and continue to stay tuned listen and keep in touch for more episodes to come and thank you guys so much let's bring on Ariel hey girl hey girl this is cool (laughs) ask questions in the question box I gotta remind people in the questions box post how are you i'm good how are you you know i'm good i'm getting some sun hopefully i don't get any weird tan lines i'm a little jealous that you can do yours outside just to put that out there why can't you it's like overcast and rainy outside no it's because you had to show you had to show off that background no you had to show off all all the accolades (laughs) no i know you're not slick you're not slick so before when I sent you an invite and I had you write your, your bio, you put, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it verbatim so I don't mess up, that you are a child of God that is using the talents and abilities that he has given you to build a kingdom and make an impact on the next generation. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and so how are you doing that? How, how are you completing that goal? Just every day by the way I live my life and the example I set for my players, um, and just trying to do that on an everyday basis. And what, I want you to tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> so what do you do with your players that is a reflection of your talents and abilities that they can learn from? Well, I think one of the great things about Lipscomb is we are a Christian university. And so the opportunity there to talk about God, to share your journey, to share your testimony is there. And within our team, we do a lot of different things, um, talking about kind of where we've come from, how he's been in our lives, things he's done for us, um, things we've overcome. And I think that is like, that's the main platform. I can pray with my players if something's going on and they Mm want to talk about it and pray about it. Um, They take Bible classes. So they come in with a lot of new information and share with me and just being able to have that open line of communication and the platform to share his word. Was that an important um, criteria for you when you were choosing where you wanted to go? It wasn't. I mean, because there's really not that many universities out there, yeah. um, Christian universities out there, but it definitely was a plus. Mm-hmm. That was good. It's like a two for one. Yeah, exactly. It worked <laughs> out perfect. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I never even, you know, knew about Lipscomb or knew you know, Christian. That was a Christian university. And so mm-hmm. uh, it was definitely an honor. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, I don't think it can get any better than this. And so for people that are just joining in and haven't peeped her, her background yet, 
we're not we're not we're not gonna go over the fact that Ariel was the number one point guard in her class. She started at Tennessee. She was actually told before, right, that you were going to be a starter before you even arrived that you were going to be a starter. You were drafted to Atlanta, you played overseas, you did you completed the goal of an athlete, you know. You made it to each level, high school, top, college, top, pro, top. And so First of all, speak on I what was that experience like being so young and already having all these expectations coming for you? Honestly, I think when I was going through it, I mean, we were playing the game that we love. And so mm. that's just something I love to do. So I really didn't pay any attention to it. And honestly, it hasn't been until recently where I can really sit back. Um, and I think being a coach, like I go out and I recruit and I see so many players and so many girls and I'm like, Wow, when I think about like Ariel, you were like the number one point guard. Like you were, <laughs> you were out of all of these players, and so I think now I'm finally able to put it in a perspective of how huge um, that was and my career was. But going through the process, I just enjoyed every minute of it. Like it was amazing. Did you? Do you have any regrets through that? Pro like through the decision making, or any advice you can give for people that? are in high school, if we have any high school viewers, about what it's like getting recruited and how to make that best decision for them? I think you have to make a list of kind of what's important to you. And I think you have to stick to that and not get caught up in um, what the coaches are saying or facilities or all the extra stuff that comes with it. Because when you're actually in the grind of being a college athlete, it's extremely hard and it's tough. Um, but one thing I can say is that I enjoyed um, the people that I was with, the people that I went through the journey with, um, I'm mm -hmm. still extremely close to them today. And I think it made it all better. So I would definitely just say to kids now, just do your research. Make sure you're asking the right questions. Um, go spend time with the program, with the players, with the coaches. Like, truly get to know them because it's easy to put on a show for a certain amount of time. But if yeah. you kind of do your homework and talk to enough people, I think you can get to the core of what you're possibly getting yourself into. And when I was doing my research on you, I just want to, I'm going to keep gassing you up. <laughs> You've been like a gold medalist with USA Basketball. You've been SV champ. You've had all these amazing accolades. And if you, if you guys don't believe me, Google her. It'll probably like the first name that comes up. <laughs> I just, and then you decided that it was no longer for you. Uh, you went, are you back? And so yeah, what, led to that what led to that decision? What led to that decision? That playing of, wasn't for me anymore? When you decided that you weren't going to be a professional athlete anymore, when you decided your career was over, how did you make that decision and what was that decision like? Okay, so after my junior year, um, I had knee surgery. I had microfracture knee surgery and um, rehab, came back from it. Everything was great. Um, started playing my senior year, um, started off playing extremely well. Then my other knee started bothering me. And I was like, oh, okay. Doctors was like, well, we can, you know, have surgery now, clean it out. You know, you'll be okay. Or you may have to red shirt. Um, or you can just keep playing on it. And I was kind of so focused on graduating with my class. And I didn't want to stay another year. Let's just be honest. And so, um, <laughs> so after I played my senior season and ended up having surgery, um, when my senior year was over so unfortunately because I did play on my knee it was way worse than what it probably would have been if I would have surgery earlier and mm -hmm. so the rehab and processing from that it took me like eight or nine months like it was extremely difficult and frustrating um, but I made my way back uh, went to Atlanta Dream training camp 
did really well, but they could tell that I was kind of rusty. I hadn't really played basketball in a whole year. So they were like, go overseas, get your game back, get comfortable, and then come back and join us next year. And so I went overseas to Finland, and I'm a homebody. Like, mm -hmm. that, that was Kareem's in here. Kareem told me she's homesick. <laughs> homesick. That's my nickname. So when I got over there, literally from the day I got there, like, I was ready to come home. And so um, <laughs> as the season started, we started practicing. And I don't know if people know, but overseas, they practice twice a day. Mm. Um, Americans, they want you to do everything, score all the points. Everything yeah. is your call. Like, it's just a lot of responsibility. And my knee just wasn't getting any better. It wasn't feeling any better. Um, and I was like, you know what? I can't keep doing this. Like, um, my, mm. my life, quality of life later on is way more important than this right now. And so when I was overseas, I was like, well, I guess I want to get into coaching now. And I was like, so I guess I'll go and be a graduate assistant because I think that's kind of one of the easier ways to flow into it. And I just started emailing all of the connections that I had. Kareem actually hooked me up with that, like emailing <laughs> everyone that I knew in college basketball. I was like, hey, you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking, um, the direction that I'm headed. Uh, please don't forget about me. If you hear anything, let me know. And then kind of from there, I came home um, and then got an opportunity to go to Ole Miss. Oh, that's nice. And guys, don't forget, if you have any questions for Ariel, in the question box, you can keep asking Harris throughout. We got like 10 more solid minutes with her. Um, so you kind of just brushed over, like, I decided I wanted to coach, and then I decided to email a bunch of people, like, <laughs> you know, I just decided, what was it that made you want to become a coach? It wasn't, or did you, you, you can't just wake up one day and be like, you know what? I'm done playing, I'm a coach. <laughs> what was it for you? I would probably say my college experience, um, and just the coaches that I had and the teammates that I had, I mean, being a point guard, you are kind of that leader, that mother hand, that coach on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, and my teammates will always just hype me up to talk about how, Errol, you're going to be a coach one day. You're going to be doing this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm playing forever. You know, y'all think we're going to yeah. play forever. Um, and they were like, no, I think you'll be really good at it. You should definitely look into it, try it, whatever. And I was like, well, I definitely want to stay involved in the game. Um, mm -hmm. I play basketball my whole life. Like, it's definitely a part of me. And so I was like, well, why not? And I think being a graduate assistant was the best way to do that because I was able to see the day-to-day -day operations that go behind being a coach and then getting a lot of experience from it. And after my two years, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is something I can do. Yeah, that's really good. And you talked about the connections, you emailing all those connections. I know the winning edge, Kareem, like they're all about making connections and keeping in touch with them and building a community. So talk I just want to know what, how did you build that community within, so you could reach out? What was it that you did? I think the main thing was just through the recruiting process. Um, luckily, I was blessed enough to have the opportunity to talk to a lot of coaches during that process mm. and build relationships. And there are just some really genuine people out there um, that whether you choose their school or not, they are still willing to look out for you and to help you in any way possible. Um, and so I think, you know, just taking advantage of that. For people that do want to get into coaching, yes, what would you say, what they can do now, student athletes that want to get into coaching, what can, top three things that they can do right now to better prepare themselves for that field of work? Ooh, I would say one, get in with your assistant coaches and show, and ask them to show you how they go about making a scout and breaking down film. I think mm. that's the main thing. Um, talking to people and kind of just being around your coaching staff and kind of seeing what the day-to-day -day operations look like. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, just being a sponge of the game. So, like, right now we're in this quarantine period, and 
There are so many coaches clinics that are free online and so many people putting content out about, you know, skill development or recruiting, um, all types of different areas of the game. And I think that's just a way for you to, you know, uh, hone your skills during this time. So take advantage of it. And we're getting, guys, remember, you can ask questions in the question box, but I see y'all still in, in the chat and we can go and ask those. I mean, someone asked a really important question. They asked who did your hair. Oh, my mom did my hair. Shout out to mama. <laughs> and, you know, everyone lo I love that my mom could do hair. Like, if she couldn't, I would be, we'd looking raggedy right now. <laughs> right? But. My braids are cute. They're cute, girl. <laughs> Thank you. I can't go get my braids on right now. Like, I'm locked up, so. Yeah, quarantine. <laughs> but this next question from Paula Henson, she asked, you can understand. You can understand the fundamentals of basketball at an early age. Who was your main mentor that worked with you? Ooh. Hey, Miss Paula, girl. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say my dad. So kind of a quick story. Like, my older brother, we're 10 years apart, and he played basketball, and my dad was one of his coaches. And so on Saturdays, when my mom would have to go to work, I would just be at the gym, just running around, dribbling, playing. And that's kind of where I was introduced to the game and where I began to fall in love with it. And um it kind of just took off from there. And whenever I wanted to go to the gym or go outside and shoot, my dad was literally always there. Um, he coached me through my early, like, elementary years, kind of got me mm. all the fundamentals and put me in camps and put me in situations um, to learn and to grow and become a better basketball player. And then from that, I just took off with it. Yeah. I bet your dad's super proud of you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a good one. What are the identifiers you look for in a recruit? Ooh. Well, I think this goes unspoken, but the main thing is talent. Um, you know whether or not somebody can play or not. And then I go and kind of look at their toughness. Um, I do a lot of background research of calling coaches, um, all their coaches, friends, whoever I kind of get in contact to to figure out what kind of person they are. And within our program, character is key. Um, and I don't mm -hmm. care how good you are, but if you got a terrible attitude and you're a bad teammate, then I don't want you a part of what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the main thing. And it kind of if those qualities all check off, then I'm like, hey, let's go for it. Um, so that's probably be the main things. Here we go. We have, forgive me if I say your name wrong, A-Rob or A-Rob. McCord asks, what's the hardest part about coaching and what's your favorite part about coaching? Ooh, I think my favorite part about coaching is just being able to impact um lives like I've had a lot of experience and I believe that my playing career was cut short because of injuries and I feel like I have so much more to give to the game so just being able to share my experiences um and my love with those around me mm -hmm. and the hardest part I haven't found the hardest part I will tell people you were thinking about getting into coaching it is a grind like mm -hmm. you're gonna work hard it calls for early mornings and late nights sometimes but um, one thing I love about my job is I, I love what I do. And so when I wake up every morning, it doesn't feel like work. Like I'm just going to yeah. play basketball and find some players and meet new people. Um, and I don't think it gets any better than that. Do you still play with the players sometimes? Show them how, show them how you do it. Show them how the number one recruit in the nation does it. I do sometimes. Uh, like I said, my knees are bad. I'm like bone on bone. <laughs> so I'm really, really rusty. But my jumper, though. Oh, it's still like, yeah, no, you ain't gonna lose that shot. Exactly. <laughs> Forecast. It's raining. Kareem said, don't lie. Being away from home is homesick. No, but I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. So that's like my second home. So like, I'm, okay, if I okay. be in Chicago, then that's the second best place. Okay, that's fair. And let's see what. 
Here we go. It's a great question from the GOAT herself. What advantages did you have as a student athlete that benefited your journey? Ooh, I would say the main thing is like being a lady ball. And it's essentially a sorority in itself. And there are so many of my sisters that are connected in so many different areas of sport um, and other industries within um, the world. And so having them to call on, to lean on if I need something or to be a voice of reason or for advice or a recommendation, um, I think that's probably the biggest benefit of being a student athlete for me, at least. I agree. And it's just like, you come into a college, you come into whatever school you might be at, you're a lady, well, that's a legacy of great people. I'm, I'm an Oregon duck. We, we got some ghosts ourselves over here, okay? So, but no matter, <laughs> I, I don't have my trophies back here, but I'm outside. You need to get because you got a lot. Let's like, me out. Don't get me started on It's you not the same. It's Google not the same. But no matter where you are, no matter where you are, you can, you can always make connections. And it's about your community. And I think people think that their community might be too small and they always have to branch out. But where you are, exactly where you are is perfect for you at that moment. So taking advantage of that. So I agree with everything that you just said. And on this one, I mean, I think we know the, the answer to this, but do you ever miss playing? <laughs> Do I so? Yes, I do miss playing. Now, do I miss the grind of being a student athlete and it goes with it, like the weightlifting, <laughs> the waking up early? You know, do I don't miss all that. Um, mm -hmm. And honestly, more than playing, I think I just miss the camaraderie of being with my teammates in the dorms or in the locker room, um, just making those memories with them. I think that's what I miss more than anything. And you, you mentioned the injuries like cut your career short, and there's a lot of. Luckily for me, you know, I'm not even going to say it, luckily for me about any injury. I don't, I don't even know why I started a sentence like that. Uh, <laughs> but there are so many student athletes out there that have dealt with injuries and, like, are continuing to try to overcome them. So what would your, be, your best advice be for people that are currently dealing with injuries and want to continue playing? I think go for it. As long as your body allows you, um, play as long as you can because when it's over, it's over. And you can't ever go back to it. Um, for me personally, it came down to a, a quality of life thing. And they were like, well, if you keep playing, you're going to need a knee replacement by the age of 30. And it got pretty severe. And I was like, well, I yeah. definitely don't want to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think if you have that window and you have the opportunity, just take care of your body as best as possible, eating right, um, mentally being sharp, um, yoga, getting your rest. I think doing everything that you can in your power to allow you to be able to play for as long as possible. Agreed. Again, um, mentioning the WE leadership, the connections, getting involved with the community around you, I guess, what is the best thing for you about the Winning Edge, the WE leadership, Kareen, everyone involved, what for you is your favorite thing about them? Well, this is actually the first time that Kareen has let me be a part of the WE leadership. <laughs> It's been in effect for a few years now, and I've been trying to get involved, and I always get the boost. Um, but I think, you know, Karina is great. Like, she has so many connections and knows so many people. And um, we actually met. She was a graduate assistant my freshman year when I got to Tennessee. And mm -hmm. kind of from that point in my life, she's kind of been pouring into me and giving me advice and nuggets along the way of things that I can do. Um, things that she suggests and honestly like look where I am now so yeah. I think the information that she has and she's passing along to you guys and everyone else a part of the WE leadership uh, is valuable information yeah um well we are up if you guys have any more questions for Ariel I saw some in the comments I'll put them together 
like I said with Alyssa, we might have you do an IG live takeover where you're just answering all the questions about your ghost status and about where you are now. Oh my gosh. So feel free to keep asking questions. Um, we'll send her her way, send them her way so she can continue to answer them. And thank you so much for being a great guest. I appreciate being able to talk to you, not like phone to phone, but actually right. phone. <laughs> um, have a great rest of your day. And thanks so much for joining. Thanks, you too. I'm excited about your um, listening for the rest of your shows. Thank you. <laughs>